from rockoutjapan.com, it's Nihongaku Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan McNamara, welcoming you to episode 34. Putting this show together in the afterglow of South by Southwest and all the fantastic Japanese music I saw there, it was a little hard to figure out what to play. I've ended up with a set that includes new music from Deer and Gray, Noah Noah, and the 80s metal band Anthem. Also, have you heard of the It Came From Japan podcast? If you've been following me on Twitter, you definitely have. Uh, joining me on the show for this episode is a special interview with Daniel and Asuka, the host from that show. They've also got a, uh, a fourth set of music for us to enjoy that they picked out, um, so look forward to that. But starting us off is a Korean band called Galaxy Express with a song called Horongbo. Now before you freak out that I'm playing Korean music on my Japanese music podcast, just give this one a listen. I promise you won't be disappointed. Here it is now, Horongbo.
You just heard Anthem with a new single called Blast, released earlier this month. Anthem is a seminal band in the Japanese metal scene along with the likes of Loudness. They've been rocking hard since the early 80s and if you ask me, they've still got what it takes to melt a few faces. Before that was two tracks from Korean rock bands I managed to see at South by Southwest. Sort of a new thing for me. Of course, I make it to all the Japanese shows I can during the glorious week that is South by Music, but this time around I stopped in at a few Korean shows as well, and I sure am glad I did. In the middle position was Gukisten, a Korean band who packed the house during a South by showcase called K-Pop Night Out. That song is called Montage. Before Gukisten, we heard from Galaxy Express, a power trio that knows how to kick out the jams for sure. This song is called Horongbol from the band's most recent album, the self-titled Galaxy Express. And while pop stars like Tiara and 21 are tearing it up on Japan's Oricon charts, I've yet to hear word about Korean rock bands like these making much of a splash. Sounds like Japan is missing out. Then again, Japan's got the rock department fairly well covered. Take this track for example. Here's Deeran Gray with Unraveling, right here on Nihongaku Radio.
You just heard Tempura Kids with their single One Step, released back in March. You know, I've had a hard time getting into the ultra poppy dance troops, but this may be the one for me. One Step is their official debut single, though they've got another song called Cider Cider that naturally comes with its own music video. And hearing Tempura Kids without seeing their multicolored costumes and dance routines is really only half the magic. To see the videos for yourself, check them out in the show notes for this episode on my site Nihongaku at rockoutjapan.com. Before Tempura Kids, we heard Noah Noah with a song called Hurry Up from their latest album, Cry Like a Monster. It's been the better part of three years since their last album, Magical Circus, was released. Since then, we've had a couple of singles, and that's pretty much been it, so it's really nice to see them back with a full album, and it's a good one to boot. I'm especially fond of another track called Utakata. Perhaps we'll hear that in a future episode. Starting off our second set of music was Deer in Grey. The song is Unraveling, the title track from their new mini album of the same name. The album's got seven new Deer in Grey tracks, unless of course you get one of the deluxe versions, which comes with live recordings, recordings done in one take, videos of the recording process, and other goodies. The Unraveling comes a mere four months after the release of their single Rinkaku in December of 2012. Up next is a new track from the Queen of J-Pop. It's Ayumi Hamasaki with Tell All, right here on Nihongaku Radio.
heard a group called Three Lights Down Kings with an interesting little track called Brainwashing released earlier this month on the band's second mini album also called Brainwashing. As you may have gathered, Three Lights Down Kings blend screamo and electronic music to create a rather intense sound and I completely dig it. Before that was Sugar Drop with a song called Girlfriend from the band's 2012 album Sunday Sunday. 
Nothing wrong with a good bit of shoegazy goodness. Actually, my favorite thing about Sugar Drop is the list of influences they've got up on their MySpace page. Check this, they list Jesus and Mary Chain, Dinosaur Jr., The Ramones, of course, The Stooges, My Bloody Valentine, and Velvet Underground. And I think I can hear a little of those in, in this song. Starting off our third set of music was Ayumi Hamasaki with Tell All, a new track she's cooked up to celebrate her 15th year of J-pop success. This song was released as a gift to fans who purchased all five of her monthly mini-releases leading up to the 15th anniversary. For our fourth and final set, I'm trying something a little bit different. A couple weeks ago, I was on a fantastic podcast called the It Came From Japan podcast, hosted by Daniel Robson and his co-host Asuka. Now they're returning the favor right here on Ihongaku Radio. Daniel and Asuka will fill us in on what it's like to enjoy Japanese music straight from the source. Then we've got three songs of their choosing for a special guest set. Without further ado. First question, Daniel, how long have you been doing the show and what prompted you to start It Came From Japan? Uh, I think we started the show in 2009 and um, so It Came From Japan is originally a tour agency and we take Japanese bands to tour overseas and we're based in Tokyo and um, we started doing the podcast just kind of as a way to promote the tours but uh, even from from the start we weren't just playing bands that we were working with it was you know just whatever we liked kind of thing and, and new releases um, and it turned out that uh, shortly after that the Lehman Shock happened I think it was just before the Lehman Shock anyway basically the tour stuff dropped off a bit we still take uh, bands but not as many as we did uh, and whereas the podcast has uh, kind of continued and we got sponsors on board last year and uh, so now it's been running as a four weekly show so what, what bands do you take over when you take bands to the UK? Uh, well, it tends to be bands on independent labels, um, smaller bands. We, the, the bigger acts we work with would be like Boom Boom Satellites, I guess, uh, Volar and the Oriental Machine. Um, but usually it's independent bands like Bo Peep, Tokyo Pencil Ox. Uh, we have a band called Bidol Grape who went last year to the UK and are going back again this year in November. Um, so it's kind of a mix of stuff, uh, tends to be rock bands, punk bands, sometimes uh, electro-pop type stuff. Alright, well Asuka, how did you get involved with It Came From Japan? Uh, my manager, Mid-san, was an old friend of Daniel. Is that, is that yeah, correct, that's right. Daniel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he told me Daniel is looking for a co-presenter for It Came From Japan. So that's how we met and how hmm. I joined the show. And how, how has it been hosting this, or co-hosting the show with Daniel? Oh, it's so much fun, but at the same time, uh, I have to talk in English, and then I don't speak English so much in these days, since I came back to right. Japan. So it makes me practice English. Since you came back to Japan from uh, Canada, right? Yeah, I used to be in Canada when I was a high school student, but then since I came back, I don't speak that much English. and then. Uh, also, I get to meet uh, all these bands and new music, and it's been a great journey for me. Right on. Yeah, I, Asuka, I wanted to ask... Asuka likes to tell people that she doesn't speak good English, even though she does, because uh, I think uh, you know she likes to hear uh, the flattery. Asuka, you know, she's brilliant. <laughs> but, I forget, uh, I forget yeah. English, man. I'm, I'm, uh, since I've, I've been in Tokyo for seven years, and in that time, my English has definitely gotten worse. Really? Even wow. it's your mother tongue. I know, it's awful. 
You said you've, you've been in Tokyo for seven full years? Seven years, uh, yeah, it'll be seven years next month, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Congratulations. This, yeah, nice work. Uh, what brought you over initially? Uh, well, so I was born in England, born in London, um, and I was a music journalist uh, there working for lots of big um, national magazines. Uh, Q Magazine, Mix Mag, Enemy, stuff like that. And uh, I got a job working with Smash Hits, which was a pop music magazine, a uh, very uh, long-running famous pop mag that I used to read when I was a kid. And I absolutely adored working there. And the magazine got closed down. And I'd always kind of harboured uh, ambition to move outside of Britain. Um, I kind of, you know, London's a, a difficult place to live in many ways. Uh, and I fancied Tokyo, I also fancied a couple of other places, but um, I'd also, by that point, I was listening to a lot of music from Japan and I was interviewing a lot of bands from Japan for magazines back in England. Um, so I started to nice. have, you know, friends and contacts and things like that here. Um, so in a way, it was kind of an easy move, uh, language aside. And uh, yeah, so I just got a, a short working holiday visa and uh, never left. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. So, okay, uh, I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about the bands that you interviewed, because actually that's, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about It Came From Japan. It's like every episode you're interviewing a new band, and I was wondering if there are any uh, particular interviews that stand out for you guys. Asuka? Uh, the first day? What, what, what was the band we interviewed in Shibuya? Oh, the one, the ver your very first interview with us? That was uh, The Mornings. The Mornings, yeah. Oh, those guys are crazy. I really enjoyed the, the interview with them. Why? I don't know, they, they were <clears throat> so much fun and then they told me uh, about the story about South by Southwest and how... Actually, we interviewed them before they are going to South by Southwest, right? That's right. And then the feelings they feel about going to South by Southwest was really exciting. Yeah. Cool. And you? Dan Daniel, what about you? Oh, We've had a lot of guests and most of the mostly we have Japanese bands on. Sometimes we have um, Western artists. Um, so I guess of the Western artists, I mean, you know, John Lydon from Sex Pistols and uh, Pill was quite a quite an exciting one in a way, but also wow. that, that was our special uh, we, we did a, a very long episode after the earthquake a couple of years ago in tsunami. Uh, we did like a fundraising episode, um, right? With uh, introducing different different things you could basically buy that would kick back to uh, the Red Cross or to Peace Boat or whatever. And uh, he he, I had interviewed him a, a few weeks before the earthquake, and he was telling me how much he loves Japan and all this stuff. And so I thought it would be great to get him back on um, and to talk about you know how crushed he was watching everything unfold on the news. So that would be one. Um, but of, of the Japanese artists, man, we've had so many. Um, but I think probably uh, maybe Aiha Higarashi from The Girl, who she was originally from Seagull Screaming Kiss Her Kiss Her, which is a band that I listened to absolute tons when I was still in London before I moved to Japan. Um, I guess that would be another one. Yeah, but they're all favourites, really. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, th th the interviews is is uh, a real tricky thing for us because the show's in English. And so we try to stick with bands that can speak English, you know, to, for the interviews. Sure. Usually when I interview bands for, um, for a magazine or, or for the Japan Times newspaper or whatever, uh, you know, we do the interview in Japanese and then I translate it myself into English. But uh, 
with, with audio you don't really have that luxury so um yeah it's it's really sometimes it's really hard going and we have to really convince bands to to try to do the thing in english because they're you know japanese people can sometimes be a bit shy about um wanting to speak english and they'll sure. be like i don't we don't really speak english or their management will say oh they don't really speak english when you know they do because they, they're singing in english and you know <laughs> it's, it's just a case of having a go and once they warm up it's usually all right my audience is is primarily based in the states um and like you you know it's it's an english-based ba- show and we sort of, you know, get a taste of Japanese bands from events like Japan Night at South by Southwest, and we get, you know, um, sort of the same, well, uh, with, with certain exceptions, like a lot of the same bands touring year in and year out. Like, it's not all that uncommon for, say, Poly 6 to play, or for Shonen Knife to play, or even like The Pillows uh, fairly recently. Um, but I was wondering um, what it's like on the flip of that. What are some ways that people could get into the Japanese music scene if they're there for like, you know, a couple weeks or, you know, decide to take a trip out. A lot of people tell me that, uh, like, visiting uh, Westerners when they come here and they look for shows, they tell me that it's, they find the, uh, the live house scene kind of impenetrable because, um, you know, most of the information out there is in Japanese and uh, most of the bands they never heard of and whatever. Um, I don't know, man, I think it's just like, the li- and the live houses are quite expensive, but you just sometimes you just have to kind of take a take a chance and, and go see even if you don't know any of the bands just go for a go for a venue that's got a band with a funny name or something and you know that usually you get such a diverse lineup of bands anyway that you're bound to like one of them um but if you want to go kind of deeper um come to ruby room the ruby room right T- tell them what the ruby room is ah, ruby room? Mm. it's the place um i don't know how to say <laughs> It's a little bar in Tokyo. Um, so most of the live houses here are, are purpose-built for putting on live music, and they have this beautiful-sounding PA, um, squeaky clean room. Everything's brilliantly soundproofed so that the sound right. doesn't leak out. Um, right, right. Tiny bar at the back, um, and you know it's it's really like the, the live music is very much the, the main and only attraction, and the only reason they're in business. But obviously in the States or in Britain, uh, it's common to just put bands on in a bar that already exists, right? And that has a stage. Right, sure. Um, so the Ruby Room is kind of like that. It's a, it's a tiny little bar in Shibuya in Dogenzaka, which is kind of the, uh, the sleazy part of Shibuya. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like an almost spherical room. It's very small and they have this little triangle stage in the corner. The worst equipment in Tokyo, but uh, somehow, you know, it, it just... <laughs> The, the vibes are really good, and we do. Uh, I do shows there every month called Bad Noise, um, but they also do a lot of other um, live shows and uh, DJ events and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, and, and, and they also do these open mic nights and jam nights, and they've got some quite famous Japanese musicians dropping in uh, on the sly. Like the drummer from Glay is a regular yeah. jam nights. He donate. He, he got so sick of their oh, wow. drum kit, I guess, that he donated them one of his drum kits. So <laughs> we, we get to use that at Bad Noise, yeah. That sounds like a fairly good entry point. Mm. But also, like, I mean, Shelter, them. like, a lot, there are certain venues that have a good reputation. A shelter would be one in Shimokitazawa, uh, where, you know, a lot of bands play there before they break big. Um, Heaven's Door in uh, Sangenjai is really good because they don't charge bands to play like most places do. Uh, so they have just, you know, really cool uh, lineup of bands, lots of punk bands. Um, certain venues have a certain like flavor, I guess. So, if you like really filthy, um, sort of grotty, 
goth type bands and uh, uh, the sort of nastier edge of metal and some uh, hoary kind of punk you might go to Antinoc um, yeah but sign me up there's, there's uh, you know certain places have their, their certain flavour Garden in Shimokatazawa puts on more sort of grown up sounding bands I guess and, uh, yeah. <laughs> right on uh, what do you think about about like sort of like seeing uh, Japanese bands in other cities obviously you're based in Tokyo but where have you seen some good shows in, in other Japanese cities Oh, in other parts of Japan? Yeah. Asuka, have you been to any shows outside of Tokyo in Japan? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been to shows outside of Japan because I'm from Tokyo and I don't really travel so much. How about you, Daniel? <laughs> uh, the first time I came here, before I lived here, I went to see Shonen Knife in Osaka, uh, which was off the peg, really. I saw them twice, um, in once in Tokyo and once in... Osaka and at that point they weren't really touring at all in Britain like they were going to the States quite a lot but they hadn't been to Britain in a long time um, right and so and I was a big fan of Shonen Life so uh, that was kind of thrilling and the, the Osaka audience um, is definitely more kind of laid back I guess uh, what other places have I been to shows in? I usually like I don't know I, I do travel a bit but you end up um, I don't know just drinking <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I was in Sapporo. I went to cover the uh, Rising Sun Rock Festival a couple of years ago for the Japan Times. And uh, I had one free night in Sapporo, and I was trying so hard to find like a live house. And at first, I went to see Oki. Do you know Oki from the uh, Oki Dub Ainu band? I don't think I've heard of them. Um, so he's um, a, a half Japanese, half Ainu musician. Ah, Ainu. Ainu is the uh, sort of Aborigine uh, people of Japan, I guess. And, right, right. Um, he was playing this show. He plays um, like uh, uh, tokori, which I think it's tokori, which is a, an Ainu instrument. And he played this show in a, in a kind of a museum type place with sort of candles everywhere and about a tiny little audience and stuff. And that was really nice. And then after that, I tried to go out and find like a rock club and just totally failed. And I ended up in this place called The Cavern where they had a Beatles cover band playing five sets every night and uh, <laughs> you know, eight, eight days a week and uh, yeah it was uh, kind of kind of uh, friendly but terrible <laughs> right 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 all right well I believe that you have some uh, not terrible music lined up for us today and I'm very excited to hear what you've picked out so um, we're gonna hear three songs uh, that uh, Daniel and Oscar have picked out Daniel what is the first song we will be hearing uh, I think the first first we're going to play a song by the Chome Chomes, which is spelt um, XX. Well, they're not really X's, but like a multiplies. You know, there's a special multiplies symbol times in, right. in mathematics. It's two of them followed by the Z um, katakana. So they they spell it like that, and it's pronounced the Chome Chomes. Uh, and uh, if you search for that, you'll find them. Uh, and they are this really cool um, punk stroke, new wave stroke garage band. Um, the sort of thing that you might have seen at CBGBs in the 70s, like really raw, nasty. Excellent. Uh, and they're signed to Full Life Music Entertainment here in Japan. Um, they formed while they were still at school, and then they, they managed to sell like 3,000 copies of their self-released album and went on to play Fuji Rock and this kind of thing. So they've grown kind of in an organic way, but uh, also very quickly. Uh, and yeah, this is uh, from their most recent album, I guess, called Pop Town, which came out in October 2012. 
uh, and I couldn't decide between two songs so do you want to hear like a kind of a hard and fast and dirty punk song or kind of like a hard and slow and dirty new wave song oh man uh hard and fast and dirty punk for sure all right well in that case this is called uh this is called watashi no hanzai gaku
We're back with Daniel and Asuka from It Came From Japan. Hello. We just heard three songs. Yeah, hey, hey, how's it going? Uh, we just heard three songs of their choosing. Uh, do you guys mind walking us through what we just heard? Right, so you heard the Chome Chomes uh, with Watashi no Hanzai Gaku. Uh, then you heard Paspie with Fever. And then Puffy Shoes with Can't Be Your Friend. Paspie is uh, kind of, I like to think of them as being post J-pop. Obviously influenced a lot by uh, mainstream J-pop, but also by I think video game music and uh, kind of mix all that up. And the singer uh, Natsuki, uh, although as you've heard just then, she has this impossibly high voice. Um, and that song is, I guess, quite an upbeat one for them. Usually, the stuff they play is um, kind of quite melancholic and quite ponderous. Really gorgeous uh, and This song, Fever, was released uh, as a single in Japan uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but you can seek out, they have a couple of albums. Um, my favourite one is Watashi Kaikashitawa. Mm. It's lovely. Uh, and then after that, Puffy Shoes, Can't Be Your Friend. Uh, Puffy Shoes are a two girl unit who uh, have been around for, I guess what four or five years um, and they at one point the uh, so they both play drums and they both play guitar and they kind of trade right they swap and they sing um, so the one who is mainly the drummer um, stopped playing music for a little while to have a baby uh, so this was their first comeback song uh, oh excellent and they, they released an album called space shit which had uh, <laughs> it had the uh, 17 songs, and that that was the only like original song, and all the rest were bonus tracks, and they were all covers of stuff like uh, "We Are the World," uh, Iron Man, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> we are the world and Iron Man. That's yeah, 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 yeah. That's a quite good a spread. Yeah. And um, I mean, you know, as, as you could hear there, they're very uh, ragged, you know, uh, lo-fi kind of sound, but they. Somehow they really remind me of um, like Motown in a way because they've got these like really haunting harmonies, vocal harmonies, uh, and a real kind of tinge of sadness to, to the way they sing, um, which reminds me a lot of like the Shangri Lars or even Dallas, that kind of thing. Right on. But uh, again, they're a mad live band because they're, they're swapping instruments all over the place, they're running around, you know. Oh, I they love they that. have these like head-mounted mics, like sort of like Britney Spears does, but they're like really cheap, crappy ones. So they look, <laughs> they're like, like really, they look really duct taped like, on or something. Like what? Sorry. I'm sorry. Like like they are duct taped. Oh, duct taped on. on. Oh no, they're they're like they're like um they're head-mounted, right? But they've got yeah yeah. They're like um they're like ones you use for um if you worked in a call center or something, you know, like with oh big, got it with the big uh, fluffy microphone cover and stuff. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much for those songs, and uh, thanks to Danielle and Asuka for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for having us. Can you tell the listeners where they can find more from It Came From Japan? Go on, Asuka. Uh, ItCameFromJapan.co.uk That's the right. website, and the Twitter is ItCameFromJapan, and that's it. On Facebook, we're at uh, Facebook.com slash it came from Japan UK. Yes. Excellent. I'll make sure all of this is in the show notes for this episode. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you.
Oh, when's oh, the oh, next episode? Oh, right. So uh, it's every four weeks. The next episode is on 18th of April, and then uh, every four weeks uh, after that until one or the other dies. Uh, and also, <laughs> I should say that the, the previous episode, which I think was 22, uh, you were uh, our guest. Um, so fans of Nihongaka Radio should definitely check that out. And uh, you, you picked a few songs for us to play, uh, all of which were brilliant. So, uh, yeah, that was a fun well, show. <laughs> thank you very much. You can find previous episodes of Nihongaku Radio on my site, Nihongaku, at rockoutjapan.com. There you'll also find interviews, concert reviews, and ramblings by me. So stop by and leave me a comment. You can also find me on Twitter, where I go by Nihongaku, or at facebook.com slash Nihongaku. Let me know what you want to hear on the next episode. You can also find the show on Annie.mei, that's A-N-I dot M-E, which is a really great site if you're into anime or manga or, you know, have a burning desire to learn more about Japanese culture. So check them out. And if you're into getting stuff automatically, subscribe to the show via iTunes. I know a lot of you do, and I really appreciate you coming back to listen to every episode. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Check back for the next episode around the 1st of May. I'm serious this time. Until then, here's a giant robot anime theme song to keep you occupied. It's Triangular from Macross Frontier. See ya. I'm